Welcome to Living a Simple Life with a Back Porch View. Thanks for stopping by. Grab a glass of lemonade, pull up a rocker, and join me for conversations about living the simple life. Go ahead, get comfortable, and settle in for a good visit. It's time to relax and enjoy. Country roads. Ah, the romantic image that comes to mind with just two little words. Songs have been written about them. People have dreamed of these roads leading them home. They've been immortalized as the epitome of beauty, peace, and contentment. At least until you've actually driven on them. Or need directions on how to get somewhere that requires you to reverse them. When we first moved down here, it was like being in a foreign country. I was completely unfamiliar with the area. Since we lived less than a couple of miles off a of main road, finding it wasn't difficult. But when you live in the country, there are still places that are tucked back, so to speak. To get there, you have to travel down the back roads, most of which are gravel and dirt, with a few that aren't much more than overgrown paths. Several years ago, I offered to fill in for a friend who worked at a close-by gravel pit. To get there, it meant driving the back roads. Although these roads are often thought to be rather picturesque, the truth of the matter is they're a bit scary. They aren't two-lane. Most of these back roads barely have one, and if you're really lucky, one and a half. If you aren't careful, You'll find yourself facing an oncoming car, truck and trailer, or a tractor, while both of you are trying to cross over a half-lane bridge. It's about that time you figure out you should have already learned the skill of ditch driving without tearing out the oil pan. Driving 10 miles an hour down one of these back roads feels like you're doing 110 on a straight paved highway. These roads are paved, gravel, dirt, and grass, all within a 200-yard stretch. They're designed exactly like one of those old-timey washboards. They have short curves, long curves, fat curves, skinny curves. They're sharp curves, soft curves, smooth curves, and slippery curves. Add in the hills, the dips, the holes, and the debris, and you feel like you're an amusement park designed by Dr. Seuss. One of the more interesting aspects of country roads is that you really have no idea where they'll lead. You can follow one, thinking you're headed north, only to find out you're actually headed south. They twist. They turn. They go from blacktop to dirt to gravel to barely a grassy track and then back again. It just depends on which one you take. You could be driving in circles or you might just actually get home again three hours later. To add to the excitement of traveling those back roads, the police jury had been laying gravel on the roads I needed to travel every morning before 5 a.m. In all honesty, it was a vast improvement, and they did a great job. However, there is nothing more um, fun than having a mama possum 
and 10 of her babies crossing this freshly laid road and slamming on your brakes trying to avoid a full family massacre in the dark. Even at a slow rate of speed, the fishtailing idea probably made somebody think some idiot decided to use the road as their canvas and drew a whole bunch of whirls, circles, and squiggly lines and then called it art. At one point, I had to cross parish lines. The neighboring parish had decided it was time to fill a few holes with hot mix on their side of the line. Great job, guys, but oh, the joys of hearing all that tar hitting the underside and lower portion of my car. It meant spending quite a bit of time trying to figure out how to get my car to go back to a subtle champagne color instead of polka dotted. Regardless of the condition of the road or the direction they take, there truly is nothing like taking a leisurely drive down a country road early in the morning and seeing the sun filter through the trees. To drive them in the early autumn with all the colors surrounding you makes you feel more alive than any other time of the year. It truly is a thing of beauty, peace, and contentment. And you need to hang on to this attitude long before you ask someone for directions. Shortly after we moved out here, the country boy and I headed to a friend's house for a bartering session. Cindy had chickens we could use. We had jams, jellies, and a few other items she needed. Since the country boy knew the back roads a little better than I did, I handed the phone to him to get directions. When he finished, I asked him if it was easy to find, and he said yes. Just so you know, here's a partial of the directions. You going to go to Taylor Tear? No, I'm going to go over the big bridge. Oh, okay. Go down to Dick Johnson's and hang a right. Go on down to Four Corners and take a left. Now, let me see if I can explain those directions. Taylortown is not much more than an old store and the remains of a bell tower. Back in the day, it was a small town stopgap, but not anymore. If you don't know about Taylortown, you'll pass right through it, none the wiser. The Big Bridge, as opposed to the smaller ones we have around here, the Big Bridge is known as the one that crosses over Lake Bistano. Four Corners is literally just that. A four-way stop with a gas station on one corner. And heaven help you if you're going to turn right at Dick Johnson's and don't know who that is. Actually, I never met the man, but I do know what they meant. They weren't talking about a person so much. Dick Johnson's is the common reference to an old general store that used to sit at the intersection of highways 157 and 154. Now, even if you look closely, you can't see any reference to Mr. Johnson as the sign has long since disappeared. The store and everything else that was once there has been leveled and the land cleared, but folks around here know exactly where you're talking about. I can't help but laugh sometimes. When I lived in the city, the main streets were Uri Drive, Mansfield Road, Hearn Avenue, and 70th Street. Most people familiar with Shreveport could get anywhere else in this city if that was one of the roads you had to take. Out here in the country, road names don't mean a whole lot. 
it took me quite a while to figure out where folks were talking about when they would say there was a huge deer on the side of seven. Come to find out, Highway 371 was at one time Highway 7. The Federal Highway Department changed the number back in the 90s, and come to find out, assigning a new number at all was barely an afterthought. Even though the numbers changed, it is and always will be seven to those who grew up around here. Not Highway 7, just seven. We do have a few roads that are named, but in most cases, they're named after someone who once lived down that road. Bill Smith actually died somewhere around 1898, but there's still a road named after him. Even though the road has a name, the signpost may not be there. If it is, it's half buried in the dirt and debris. When referring to the road, the old timers will give you directions that include Go on past old Ratchet Hound's place, make that curve by Jack's old deer stand, and it's down yonder on the right. Now be forewarned, Ratchet Hound was Bill Smith's nickname. And keep in mind, you can't drive 30 feet around here without seeing a deer stand. But Jack's deer stand? It rotted down years ago, but there's still a piece of wood nailed to the tree, which means that to the folk, to the old folks, it is still there, and that space still belongs to Jack. It doesn't matter that Jack died 45 years ago. It's still his hunting spot, and no one would dare take it over. And down yonder, it could be anywhere from a quarter mile to five miles. But wherever you're going, will definitely be there. That is, if you took the correct fork in the road, that the old-timer failed to mention. If you took the wrong one and asked about it later, the response will probably be, now why would I tell you about that fork? The left fork is where that crazy old coot Dooley lived. No one in their right mind ever goes down that way. It doesn't matter that you are new around here and have no idea of Dooley's one-time existence, much less anything about his personality. In the old folks' minds, you should know this stuff. On our journey to Cindy's, the country boy got most of the directions right the first time. He told me he was looking for small wood as we passed Silverwood. But the way we were headed must be right because she said it would turn into a pothole dirt road. Just watch for the deer stand. We hit the pothole dirt road and passed several deer stands. We drove down that dirt road for a couple miles before it turned back into 154, which was right by Four Corners, only we were approaching it from the opposite direction we had just come from. Yep, we got to lick that calf again. As we turned back around, I picked up the directions and proceeded to tell him how to get there the right way. And it involved turning down Silverwood. Yep, there was the deer stand. Yep, it turned into a pothole dirt road. I guess the city girl is finally being weaned out of me because I can now quickly translate the location of the old tree that got hit by lightning back in the 40s down the road from Cal Hoover's old place. Now, old Cal died about two years before Bill Smith, 
but I know exactly where they mean. If I get any better, I'll have almost gotten to the point where old Bill, Jack, and Cal will be getting a place set at the table for Thanksgiving. Now, I'm not so sure about inviting Dooley. I may just have to take a plate down to him. At least I have a good chance of not getting lost if I ask that much for directions. Country roads, they really do finally lead you home. You just have to be very careful in trying to get there and have an exceptional sense of direction. And make sure you pack a lunch just in case. If you want to learn more about the topic at hand or get the transcript for this episode, just visit my website at www.thefarmwife.com forward slash podcast. That's the resource page for this podcast, and I have it set up by episodes to make things easier to find. To help you out, this is episode 16. And while you're there, you can leave your comments at the end of the page. Be sure to tell me what you think and share your own thoughts and ideas. I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or need some help with directions on the back roads of life, you can stop by for an email visit at thevirtualporch at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss a single conversation. I'd also appreciate it if you would rate, review, and leave a comment on this episode. And tell your friends to join us. I'll be sitting on the porch every Monday morning waiting for your visit. Thanks again for stopping in. I'll see you next week on Living a Simple Life with the Back Porch View. And while you're waiting on the next episode, grab that glass of refreshment, pull up a rocker, and sit back for a while. It's time to relax and enjoy. Mm -hmm.